Welcome to the American Made and Paid Show, the home of free speech and independent thought. The big story is freedom of speech is really in trouble. The far left knows that at any time they can call for a sponsor boycott of anyone they despise. It is right here, right now, where you'll get your weekly dose of unfiltered truth. It's non-negotiable. Pre-existing conditions will be protected. This president has said this as a candidate. Insight. Very few people I know could have handled it. We can never, ever let this happen to another president again. An information that challenges the American way of life. Welcome, everybody, to the American Maiden Page Show. Zach here. I'm back with another episode here with Professor Dreg. A lot of interesting things were transpiring in the past week and going forward. Uh, the first thing most notably here is Donald Trump being the first U.S. president to set foot in North Korea, actually being invited across the border by Kim Jong-un, which is, I think, pretty interesting. We can dive into a couple of different things here. Antifa, people being attacked, you know, migrant crossings, which are continuing to happen. But here's the thing. Why is this an important uh, thing to acknowledge, not just because of it being somewhat historical, obviously with a nation that's not necessarily an ally, but the fact that um, Trump respects borders. That's one of the big things. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I get from it. Um, man, I mean, there's just so many things to really think about, you know. But I want to go ahead. Well, why did it even go there in the first place? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and everyone up negotiations for denuclearization is, I think, the big thing, right? Mm-hmm. No, but no, what was funny was the fight that actually happened there, too. There was a fight? Wait, how did yeah. I not know this? What happened? Yeah, no, it's, it wasn't a big deal. It was just like the press. Oh, <laughs> like oh, of course. <laughs> but anyway, it's irrelevant. But the thing is, like this, you got to really, people really need to consider what was Trump doing in Asia? This whole thing was about the G20. Hmm. And uh, everybody was attempting. And AOC made a comment about this too. Yeah. <laughs> she was attempting to say that Ivanka Trump was an unqualified diplomat. Right, right. You know, and uh, making a big stink about it. Well, that's what I'm saying. The left's reaction is obviously classical, right? No one will actually acknowledge that this is something historical, that this is something that's actually worth addressing, and they can't even catch a break. And that's what she was doing. She was criticizing Ivanka um, because of the whole G20 summit, right? Mm-hmm. This, but this was in Japan. This was separate from North Korea. I don't know much about that. Would you like to weigh in on that a little bit more? Well, see, okay, so the G20. Well, see, that this is why, like, yeah. this – this ties into his North Korean visit (laughs) because this is why, I mean, a lot of people do not understand Trump. I was talking to some dude yesterday. His, uh, his lady works for like the, uh, district attorney's office of San Francisco. (laughs) So anyway, and of course, obviously they have interesting takes on Trump. Um, Mm -hmm. Just talking crazy, but talking it, crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, because look, San Francisco, it's, it's yeah, San Francisco, San Francisco. So everything about Trump is crazy. Nobody could be like, could just be objective when it comes to Trump and what he's doing. So what was he doing in Asia? The whole thing, North Korea. He was like the thing only took about in the whole meeting with uh, in North Korea and the mm-hmm. DMZ. That, that took maybe like 30 minutes max. It wasn't even that long. It, it was a short thing. But what was he doing in Asia? It was the whole economic summit thing. And um, so he was there. He was negotiating with uh, everybody, telling everybody what to do, what he felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that video that went viral was Ivanka Trump speaking to world leaders. And the thing that really got me about this and how they're going after Ivanka Trump is this, the reporter who actually took the video has no idea 
what they were talking about. So it's amazing to me that the press has no regard to innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. It is literally the press sees themselves as a group of people who are the heads of the tribunal of the Holy Office of the Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Because you're right. Yeah. They're just going off of optics here. You know, they've, dis they've disregarded any real regard for what's actually taking place. I'm willing to bet that if you asked most people, right, I, not most people, but especially even Democratic leadership as to what the point of, you know, the summit was really diving into why Trump was there that they wouldn't really be able to give you an adequate reason, right? You're right. It's about um, trade negotiations, economic negotiations with foreign countries. You know, he's always been big on tariffs. I know this because, you know, I'm related into a business where people sell things on Amazon. And one of the big things with trade tariffs, right, is that it actually weeds out. It actually is good for us. But people think, oh, is this going to affect Alibaba, you know, Chinese suppliers and everything? And I'm like, don't worry about it. It's, this is good for you. This is actually a good yeah, thing. No, and, and it is good for them. Yeah. Well, hey, you just muted yourself. Oh. Click on the little button there. Yeah. There we go. Boom. Yeah, yeah, what happened? Oh, you had to say something off offline? No, because there is this, it was bizarre. <laughs> there is a can of Coke <laughs> that is half empty but never open. And there's no holes in the can. I'm thinking, I got to save this. But anyway. <laughs> what? That's so random. <laughs> oh, is there a hole? Oh, okay. Anyway, counselor found the hole. But anyway, so so going. But but the thing is, that I don't want to really brush over this. Sure. Uh, about the whole tribunal, the holy office of the Inquisition, <laughs> and there's a reason why I'm calling it that. It's because that's the Spanish Inquisition. Because every time that. You know, God, who was it? Oh, this was recent too. This is all because this is all part of this North Korean thing and why this trip to North Korea was so brilliant. Because, okay, so obviously, I mean, I don't want to say it was the diversion, but this is how Trump's mind works. Just from what, like, I don't know. I've never talked to, I'm not Gene Ho. I've never spoken to Trump, right? So I would have no idea. But yeah. just watching his behaviors, he knew because there was this uh, protest in Europe, all mm -hmm. over Europe, throughout Europe, about um, stopping the Islamization of Europe. Yeah, yeah, of course. Everybody was like, oh, this is so, you know, racist, and, and this is just a white Christian thing, and blah, 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 Christian this, Christian that. And that's how the media is painting it, that the Islam is uh, this anti-Islam... Um, um, protests i guess I, I, mean, I don't know if there are protests or demonstrations but whatever it is you know it's just this christian thing about their hatred and, and whatever and then so with this viral video of ivanka trump talking to merkel and other people like real you know prime know. ministers yeah. yeah yeah of course you know saying all this stuff about her so what does trump do <laughs> goes to North Korea and he's, I mean, he makes history. No U.S. president has ever stepped foot in North Korea. Mm -hmm. None. It's and like Nixon in China. He got the like, kid it's like Nixon smiling. in China. But see, here's the interesting thing that I want to mention, right? I, I just said this, but I wonder why we didn't see more of this. Because here's something that, that... What do you mean more guess, of it? What do you okay, mean? So, so let me evaluate what I'm trying to, trying to talk about this. I don't see a lot of people talking about this as being kind of similar to Nixon's visit to China because people need to understand that prior to Nixon's visit, not that he was solely responsible for this, but in the 60s and 70s, you couldn't go to China. You couldn't. It was like Korea. People yeah, don't know this, but Mao locked it down. Now, here's the, the similarities here. What happens is it starts with little meetings like this, you know? Nixon, obviously, it's, it's not pressing. It's not the biggest thing. I mean, Carter obviously carried it a little bit, relations with China, you know, later U.S. presidents, but it started the chain reaction. And China, gradually, and this is actually very common with countries out of the Far East, even Japan. You know, if you look at the 20th century and everything, 
their doors have always historically been closed off to the rest of the world. In one way or another, whether it's politics or economics, right? <clears throat> closed off to the rest of the world. But it starts when we do our MLM marketing, the, U the American way where we set foot and go, hey, you know what? Why don't we talk? Why don't we shake hands? Ain't got to do anything crazy. This is not a thing we're signing. Let's just talk. That's the important thing. I haven't seen anybody really talk about that parallel between Trump and Nixon and when Nixon first went to China because back then you couldn't go to China. And what I see, and maybe this is not such a good thing because it leads to the whole globalist agenda, yada, yada, yada. But still, even if diplomatic relations are on somewhat of a friendly note, that's good. That's a good thing. I mean, if, as long as nations maintain their sovereignty, I'm all for that, right? <laughs> nations getting along with each other. What I'm not against is when, you know, the UN globalizes everybody and, and pits certain countries against each other. That's what I'm not for. But why haven't we seen that? Why haven't we seen that parallel being drawn? Who knows, in two or three decades? Well, because it goes back to the press being the Spanish acquisition. It's the truth. See, because yeah. here's, this is what the press spent their time this weekend doing. They were attacking the Christians again. That's what they were doing. So Trump knew this was happening. That's why he went to North Korea because he. Amazing. Without going there, but just knowing what's been happening. Um, with other countries and things like that, with the tariffs and things like that. And, yeah. you know, people like most of these tariffs are never going to go into effect. And that's the one thing. So look, he went to that meeting. He knew North Korea, they want to be a part of this. And what did he do? He went over there for that reason. Cause people don't understand what it is and how involved that Trump is with the negotiations of North Korea. They're trying to paint like, oh, he wants a legacy, this legacy, that's like, no, he wants an open playing field. If mm -hmm. he could open up North Korea, he could open up and do, because here, here's, the, here's one of the end games that I know for a fact that he's trying to do. Mm -hmm. He opens up North Korea, they denuclearize, South Korea makes deals with North Korea. So South and you know, instead of you, you know, instead of um you know, US companies going into wherever for cheap labor, yeah. well, what could happen is that South Korea could bring companies to the United States in exchange of tariffs and allowing South Korea to now do business and take advantage of the cheap labor in North Korea. So they, it's like, you know, they say, well, that, that's a net gain of zero for, for North Korea. It's like, yeah, but at least they avoid tariffs and they can continue stealing intellectual property because they do it just like the way China does it. It's just not, it's not talked about because there are quote unquote our allies. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. Uh, and, and and I don't know why, right? Because when when Nixon went to China, that was such a big deal. That, that was that was a big deal. Like the, it opened a country like that up to the west, the, the rest of the world, not just the Western world, the rest of the world. Well, we, this is a huger deal because you have the real possibility that automation is really going to happen. But Trump is doing his best to, I don't want to say delay it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, because here's the thing. With automation, who loses jobs in automation? Everybody believes it's going to be drivers, like a truck drivers, blah, blah, blah. Like that's automated that's, that's the pitch that Andrew Yang is running under. Well, that, you know, is, if that's yeah. true, I doubt it seriously because, you know, no company. <laughs> and I mean, no company is going to take the liability when somebody runs into a self-driving truck because you know what I mean? Whether it, it's, um, yeah, that's, just, that's, that's the thing is that when people talk about automation, we didn't dive into this, but all the technology already exists and all the manufacturing processes are already in place. You just can't get it to a point where how are you going to get 
all the automotive insurance companies to agree and come up with legislation as to who's at fault, right? It's not, it, it's not just about, oh, we're losing jobs to automation and cars. It's like, well, you're going to lose a whole sector of the automotive industry with insurance as well. Well, but, but see now, in something like this, the company's insurance will have to pay for it. And, and that's my point. So when oh, these insurance yeah. come, because here's the thing, they're going to have no witnesses to this accident. <laughs> they're just not. They're going to depend on cameras that may or may not show anything. And when these companies start, because look, I mean, you, you hate to say this, but I know people. Now, because it actually happened to me. Uh, I had a friend that worked for Budweiser. You know, yeah. they drove for uh, Emmy Fox. And uh, he goes, dude, let me run into your car, like going maybe like 20, 25 miles an hour. And dude, we'll split the money. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, because... and I'm like, I was like, mm, nah. You know what I mean? But the thing is like, cause like this is just a street hustle. You no, know what you I mean? Know, your insurance fraud happens all day, every day. Yeah, no, because, and it's different when it's a big company like Budweiser. It's not <laughs> like going after Geico insurance. It, it's, they have million dollar policies for a reason. That's the law because if they injure somebody, blah, 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 blah. You know, yeah. Anyway, so most people like that, they have $2 million policies per person. So, when the people on the streets, like how we grew up, when they figure out how to get into an accident and survive it with the robot driving, mm -hmm. oh, this is going to be a new way to make a living. <laughs> because you got to really think about this. When somebody, because, okay, so this is how we planned it, right? For Budweiser. Sure. So, uh, you know, the driver was going to say, hey, you know what? I was a little sleepy. And then the light just turned super red and, and I couldn't stop in time and I ran right into him. And uh, that's, that's going to be his to say that as yeah. the driver. And uh, so, but the thing is like this, that is the worst thing for Budweiser. One of the drivers to admit fault, but a computer automatically cannot deny or admit fault. It's just nothing. What are they going to say? It's a stupid computer that may or not have been calibrated. Well, and, and here's, here's the other thing too. Here's the other issue you run into is say you have two now passengers, not drivers, and two self-driving cars, one self-driving car T-bones another. It's not just about the fact that there's no fault, but companies will freak out over malfunctions and issue huge recalls. Here's the yeah, thing. Well, it, it only matters if somebody gets injured, though. See, because if oh, like, what you're right. describing is just property damage. So, you know, and that's going to cost them like 40, 50 grand. But if somebody gets hurt, oh, I guarantee you, they'll settle for like half a million bucks. Yeah. And that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, these are easy ways to make money. Like a little fender benders when, <laughs> I hate to say this because I know like, that one listener guy, the black dude, you know, he's going to, oh, you racist motherfucker. Blacks just don't do that. But trust me, <laughs> blacks do this all the time. It, it, it's just what we do. I mean, it's just, <laughs> well, you got to figure out a way to scam the system. Okay, so what happens? Let's talk well, about I mean, this. not going to be. Well, that's the whole point. You have to figure out how not to get injured badly. You oh, know, that was and a stupid that thing to do. Yeah, but how else are you going to make that kind of money? Because think about it, it's capital. If you can get half a million dollars for getting injured, like a broken leg or something like that, and then you can claim. See, because a lot of these injuries you can fake, like 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 a post-concussion syndrome. Yeah. Claim to have a concussion. You can fake the injuries. And, and it could easily fool a doctor, just like being mentally ill. You could fool any doctor into believing that you're mentally ill. It's not that hard. You know, because every doctor has to rule, I mean, as they say, err on the side of caution. Right. So if you start telling people like, yeah, you know what, I can't sleep. And then when I can't sleep, I get aggressive and violent and blah, 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 blah. You could easily fake it. And then I might hurt other people because I got fantasies of, of raping women and just, just because you're sleep deprived. And then they'll say, oh my God, you must be some kind of manic. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, and you must suffer from uh, aggressive, impulsive behavior disorder. You yeah. know, just things like that. You could easily fake it. And then so, you know, in the streets, everybody knows this. This is because why? Because that's how it is to, in order to get social services. If you want welfare, you have to somehow, some way, you know, qualify for it. And usually right. it's mental illness or disability, da, 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 da. So, and it's an easy way to get money, free money. So <laughs> trust me, the, the stakes are a lot higher when the thing is self-driving. Oh, so yeah. It's going there. It's like, hey, yeah, the truck just hit me and blah, 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 blah. And it broke my hip. So that has to be like a million too because, you know, for the next 20 years, I can't work and my medical bills are going to be this. And, and it really does get to be over a million dollars. And every hood rat is going to figure this out. Mm. And they're waiting for this to happen. So, but they're not testing it in the hood. They're just not. <laughs> but when they do, they'll figure it out. But anyway, but going back to this whole thing, Donald Trump is trying to delay automation as described by Andrew Yang. If you are to believe Andrew Yang. So who's really hurt by automation? Well, I heard the counselor sneeze. Bless you. He, she can't hear you. No, because I got it on low so the baby don't hear and then when oh, I mean, the counselor goes, I could hear you talking about me. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I can't help Sorry, it. I didn't mean it but it's just funny hearing her like sneeze off to the side. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Go no, ahead. but I'm telling, I don't know. But anyway, so, so who's hurt by automation? Uh, you know who? I don't know. I mean, they say steel workers. They say coal miners because, you know, eventually robots will be able to go down to the mines and, and do all the dangerous work. Uh, so who knows? Because we honestly don't know who's going to be affected. You know, are the cashiers and cooks at McDonald's going to be affected? We don't know. We honestly don't know. But they always say, yeah, 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 that's true. But then again, why not teachers? Teachers could be replaced in, you know, like online classes. You know, it's, it's like, you know, maybe nobody's safe from automation. But the thing is like this, but people tend to believe manufacturing is going to replace automation. Right. So the thing is like this. I believe Trump has made some deals with Korea and all these other people that they build automated manufacturing plants in the United States and they hire our people, you know, for the tech and blah, 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 blah. While, while they do that in here, they're open to a brand new market because look, automation's expensive. It's, it, it, it's not going to be cheap. So what happens? Well, North Korea people are going to work like, I don't know, a 10th of the cost of what you could have things made in China. <laughs> I guess in the introductory stages. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah, no, because think about it. I mean, how poor are these people in North Korea? You know, hell, I think people in Nigeria make more a day than the people do in North Korea. Kenya, same thing. I, I believe Kenyans make more money than North Koreans per day. So I think they technically make like nothing because government takes all. Yeah. So I, I was going to say, I think they make five, like legitimately, I think they make between five to 10 cents a day, American cents. Jeez. So that, that's, that's pretty cheap. You know, and, I, and I'm pretty sure that is one of the cheapest in the world. Because, you know, I, I believe like a lot of African countries make 50 cents a day. Yeah. 75 cents to a dollar. A dollar's like, hey, it's a lot of money. Um, so, you know, it, it's just one of those things. But, um, but yeah, that's what Trump was setting up. I'm telling you now because even though we got caught like this... You know, somebody in the CIA try to recruit the Kim family, mm -hmm. you know, as a spy to uh, Jean Un or Jean Un, you know, whatever his name is. You know what I mean? So that's why he was executed. And then Trump's like, hey, man, that wasn't me that did that. That was like one of those. And it's probably true because Trump doesn't, you know, he's not because I know. Despite what people say, Trump is not one of those warmongers. He's just not. 
or else he would have went to war with I with Iran. He would have yeah. went to war with North Korea, like people say he would. So I think he was sincere, and that's why Kim met him at the border, and he literally walked in. I was, and you could tell, like you knew Trump was a little nervous. Yeah, everyone was holding their breath, like, oh boy. Yeah, no, because I was like, holy shit, man. You know what I mean? I was just, I was like, oh, like. You know, because I was watching and I was like... I mean, Secret Service must be losing their minds. The guy's like, I'm either going to lose my job and, and die right now or what, you know? No, like, because, dude, you knew. Because, well, okay, so there's... I don't know how true this is, I but... How, like, how does the Secret Service deal with that? Because, like, only him and then they're all just like... Ah. Yeah, but it wasn't just the Secret Service. They had, like, a group of rangers or like really close by mm-hmm. like they were like if something would have happened to the president we would be in at a war right now like because with those rangers so close by with the naval forces you know on, on top of that the rangers were on foot on land so i know, they, I know when we looked at the camera the video of it, it just shows them kind of like gracefully crossing the border <laughs> but if you probably expanded that shot, you probably would have seen like 200 soldiers with guns, like just on, on command. Just everybody just like, (laughs) yeah, you weren't visible. So you couldn't see, but from what I was told, they were saying there, there was like 200, uh, 200 army troops with a bunch of Naval backup, like what maybe they said like 20,000, uh, within the thing. So that, that you got to hold your breath with that. and, And Rangers are no joke. You know, because everybody talks about the seals, 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 but the rangers are pretty badass. So I, you know, it, it's just, so anyway, between the rangers and the naval forces, and of course, like you said, the secret service, and then with the North, uh, South Koreans all there, you know, like, oh no. But at the same time, Trump did look a little nervous. When, like, there was a little stutter in his step. And I was like, oh, this dude's really doing it. I'm like, oh man. And he did it. And no, and not just did he do it. He turned around. They they were laughing about it. And I'm thinking, holy crap, this guy did it. It's amazing. I watched it like several times yesterday. I was like, wow, okay. No, but it's but like it's a big deal. So but it's also just like, oh, okay. You just went there for 30 minutes. But no, but but I'm telling what you said is is spot on. It really is. It's spot on that this is all about economics. This has you know, yeah. Trump doesn't want war. He's trying to, the same, I mean, I hate to say things like that because very few people know this, but the same way he allows, okay, so Sudan has been an exiled country forever. But before the, I mean, uh, Jesus. Okay, so before the takeover Mm -hmm. uh, from the father and son fight, he uh, he uh, he okayed for Americans to start doing business with Sudan, with right. the country of Sudan, and he's doing that all around the world. Like all of our quote unquote enemy countries, mm-hmm. he's allowing us to do business with them now. It's, and North Korea's next. This is how you know that. And I was talking to somebody, uh, a Christian friend of mine last. Night. I know we keep going back to it, but this is how you know that. Jesus wanted us to maintain our sovereignty, spread the good word, and build business. Because what is all these businesses built off of? It's not about, oh, let's make some money, take advantage of you. Nah, it starts with the relationship. It mm-hmm. starts with the MLM way of going about and just like, hey, man, <laughs> like, you know, this is what we'll do for you. You do this for us. You know, we work it out. And no, that's, think about this. We talked about this before. No politician would have done that other than Trump. You know, no, but think, but but since you brought up the Christian thing, th- now if you look at it, like what would Jesus do? That's exactly what Jesus would do. Why? Because he wants people to take care of themselves, and if you allow well, everybody believe in to him, believe in him, but take yeah, yeah. Well, that's the whole point. If you allow everybody to participate in economics while maintaining your sovereignty, everybody's going to benefit everybody you know there's going to be no like guatemala is pretty much as we call a whole of feces so <laughs> if it's whole of feces yeah you know <laughs> oh, i know i know and, and that way nobody's gonna say oh he curses too much but uh but uh so i'll work on that but anyway so but think about this yep. if they take care of themselves then there is no need for them 
to go running across the border. Cause I, I believe that father and daughter that were uh, swept up by the Rio Grande was from mm-hmm. Guatemala. Yeah. And they were, Oh, Trump's such a crappy person because he allowed that to happen. Trump, 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 Trump. Well, but, they're going to blame it on him, but it's like, dude, don't, cl- don't cross the border. Like, don't no, but, but the point is, is cause, cause I, I want to take this to like a Christian perspective now is the whole point of doing and why like illegal immigration is anti-Christian or whatever is because you're supposed to be able to take care of your own home. Mm-hmm. In theory, you're supposed to, you're supposed to, you know, love yourself and, and love your neighbors and all this other stuff. But you can't be loving people if you're running away, not attempting to try to make that better. Because think about it. What kind of crazy dude is going to put their kid on their back and swim against one of the biggest rivers in the world? That's insane. So that dude, I, I, you know, like you feel bad for the kid because the kid has no say. But that dude was crazy. And, and, and he was a selfish person. He wasn't, you know, just look at that. He wasn't desperate for anything. He was just a selfish person just trying to do something for himself. He wasn't trying to make a better life for his kid. That's why he risked his kid's life. And that's why you don't, we talked about this before with border crossings. You don't bring your kids over that unless, and here's the thing, what kind of parent would do that, right? Unless for a fact, number one, if those were actually their children to begin with, you have no way of verifying that. That's why you need, that's why when we say undocumented, it's not because it's a racist statement. It's because you literally have no papers. We got no way of knowing if those kids are your kids or if they're just mules. And the best way to stop it is to provide economic opportunities in that country. Right. And that's what Trump did. I'm telling you, he did that with North Korea. That was why he did it. You know, and, and people are trying to paint it the wrong way. Like, oh, he wants well, a legacy. And yeah, well, CNN that. now, they'll say anything. They're like, okay, in 2020, North Korea was responsible for his reelection. It's just like, you guys, there's a firewall that's probably 10 times greater in North Korea than the one that exists in China. I, you know what I mean? You might as well pull China into the mix if you're going to blame countries now. But that's the thing. It's It's... What what made me a little bit sad was just like the liberal media still can't even acknowledge just how huge this is. And it's not something to lose your mind over. It's a small step. I mean, he literally walked across it and then walked back and talked with them in the DMZ. You know, you got to it's a neutral zone, you know, that kind of thing. But still, it's like, how did Nixon make how did Nick, Nixon open China for the rest of the world? This is in like what the late 60s, the 70s or whatever. And this was obviously prior to his resignation. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the early 70s. And and the thing is, people think, people don't know this, but you could not, prior to the 80s, you could not go to China. You couldn't go to China. Yeah. You couldn't. And people think, oh, you know, China could always, no, 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 no. There was no entry, no real way to go to China, I think, prior to communist takeover and then post-Nixon. So families that had, you know, left China, I mean, my family had left China. It's like, no, nobody from, I think the period of 1946 to like 19, like late seventies, like no one went to China from the States. Like no Western countries visited China. It was like North Korea. It was Mao controlling China is the equivalent of what King Kim Jong-un is doing right now in North Korea. No different communist, complete communist state isolated to, to other countries and, no, well, you know, one of the first things that happened after Nixon visited China was that uh, China allowed these two dudes to start a U.S.-style university in mainland China. And I'm not kidding you. That, I think that happened in 74. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the Chen brothers. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. And that was, see, that was huge because Nixon, when he went over there, he was just like, uh, he was just like, what's his name? What's his name? Trump. Uh-huh. Talking about education, talking about this and that. It's like, look, we could offer you all these things. 
and I'm I'm I believe the Kim uh, Kim is really believing this. So are the Kim fan, even if this fat dude dies, the Kim family is always going to remember what Trump did and what he said, and they're going to allow individuals to go into North Korea and start with education, start with this, start with that, because right, when right. the Kim brothers, because uh, I want to say uh, I shouldn't even say their names, but just just the but, Kim but see, brothers. See, but but here's the thing about about okay wait finish what you were saying because I got well okay so when the Chen brothers started uh, first U.S. style university mainland China, it opened it up to bring in like Western religion as well, because you know what happened, well you know most schools are Christian schools da 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 and along with the uh, university style. Um, Western university style university, they also brought in a lot of, you know, I don't want to say evangelist because I really don't know what you call them, but you, you know, whatever you call Christian people who spread the word, whatever they are, like, cause I honestly don't know what group they belong to or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't want to call them evangelicals. Uh, yeah. I was going to suggest that, but yeah. Yeah. But then, but then see, like, I, I don't know because it's like, cause I know you wouldn't really call a Jehovah's Witness an evangelical. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why it's like, I, I don't know what you call that. Like a missionary? Is, yeah, so you could say that. You could say that. Yeah, so like missionaries also were involved in opening up the school. But you're, you're hitting the nail on the head because the first people post when, when countries come out of diplomatic isolation, right? The first people that usually go in are missionaries. Yeah. But that's, but that's who helped because, yeah. you know, they were the ones that brought the supplies and da, 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 da. And, and, you know, so, but I, and I believe that's and, what and, Trump and, is doing. Okay. So here's the thing that, that, that fits so nicely and harmoniously with all of this, that there is a phrase, you know, I want to keep going back to the Nixon thing because I think our listeners need to understand this. The phrase only Nixon could go to China has a lot of significance. And it's the same. I think it's the same thing with Trump. Only Trump could go to North Korea. Only Trump, right? And the reason behind that is because think about the time that Nixon was in, right? He inherited the Vietnam War, staunch anti-communist, right? Lived under his values as the president. Obviously, um, got peace with Vietnam much long, you know, during his yeah. time when he was there. And here's the interesting thing that fits with Trump right now. It refers to the ability of a politician who has the reputation among their supporters to actually defend their values, even though he probably is the most anti-communist person without having to say it. Because he's a businessman. He represents, like, people need to understand this because it's not going to be, you're not going to hear this on Hannity. You're not going to hear this on Levin. He is a businessman. What does that mean as him as a person, Right political agenda that's seen today now you could argue that people who want big government like democrats they're just communists granted they're not redcoats yet but that's where we're headed but a businessman represents the antithesis of everything communism stands for and how does communism get dismantled over time is when something like that happens allowing for the antidote which are missionaries to start going in because the first people that go in are not going to be oh let's go build a fact no it's going to be a missionary. That's, yeah. that's how it that's works. That's what happened in 74 or because I, I, cause I forgot one yeah, example. That's what happened in China in the beginning. If you read, there's, this is actually from, believe it or not, of all people, Jimmy Carter's, one of Jimmy Carter's memoirs where he met with Chinese communist leader. And then he talked about uh, his faith because he's a staunch Christian, right? And missionaries were sent in. And that's how Bibles started to get into China was in the 70s once the doors were open. That's how yeah. it works. But here's the thing. You got no business because this is, this is I think, my point I want to hammer home here. Businesses can't start in communist countries until there's some facet of Christianity with capitalism. You can't build, you know, you can't westernize countries like China to some degree with their, econ with their economy now unless you had that. Because here's the thing. If people believed in communism, they're not going to be able to believe in what ownership is like. They, they, the, all they're used to is a fascist government. It's like saying, okay, let's go, 
let's go to, to a country here that has no idea how to grow businesses, run them, trade and everything, and just expect them to be able to run businesses. No, they need to have that foundation first. Even if not everyone's a believer, it's the influence, right? I want to be really clear too, because in the 70s, the mission, like, because uh, the missionaries actually helped fund the build and everything. They really did. And they didn't have any expectations of making millions. They did it because they believed in what they were spreading, like the word or whatever it is. Like, you know, I don't know what they were doing. But, you know, uh, no, because I don't know the specifics. So, but I do know it didn't cost the Chen brothers a dime because they, the missionaries worked for free. And, uh, you know, and they, and, and that's how it's done. And I, and I believe that's what Trump has in mind. I, I believe Trump. And because look, you know, this story is actually in the wall street journal in 74, something like that, because yeah. anytime you talk to one of the Chen brothers, they'll bring it up. Hey, I'm in the, this article and they actually still have the original article, you know, like they saved it and stuff like that. So, but anyway, uh, but Trump, is old enough to remember how it happened. And that's why he did it too, because he knows there's his, his he's, but, and that's the thing. Cause Nixon was an anti-communist, but he went to China. You see what yeah. I mean? And that's that people, cause a, a lot of politicians will not understand that. They go like, Oh, well we got no business going in there. We don't, but when we say only, when this this phrase works because of the values that they stand by. It's got nothing to do with, oh, just send any American politician. It wouldn't mean as much. Trump is a businessman first before he's even a politician. What does business what is business in a nutshell as far as American westernization is concerned is capitalism, right? Anti-communism. Without having said that, you will never hear the words anti-communist uttered from Trump because you know why? He already represents that. You don't need anything more. And that's why I hope that for people who can think beyond the box will understand that the pair that I, oh shoot, sorry. I wanted to talk about this on this show and tie it back to Nixon because I've yet to see anybody address this. How come no one is, no? I mean, maybe, maybe some people did. Maybe I'm just being ignorant here. No, nah, nobody's is, talking about it. No. How can I be right now? I mean, I'm sure people are thinking about it, but especially for the people who are pundits, how come no one is talking about how this is so similar to Nixon in the seventies? I don't get it. I'm not even that versed on the Vietnam war and Nixon's president. No one can. When I saw that, I was like, that's a Nixon moment right there. And that is huge. And I was like, we got to talk about that today. This is, but here's the reason why no one's going to give him it. Well, no one gives one, no one gives Nixon in. Any credit every time you talk about Nixon oh he was a disgrace he resigned and that's the only thing you know about Nixon but for those people who honestly know Nixon uh, you know it's because of Nixon that we are an economic power it really is it's because of Nixon but anyway uh, but that's why I wanted to get into or I was trying to explain hopefully we explained it well enough that this move was an economic move because here's the other benefit too that and he didn't send a gremlin he put himself at risk that is another thing too well not just that no but he, yeah. trump is negotiating like he has negotiators but he spends a lot of time negotiating with the kim family directly he does he really does he negotiates with himself and and that's why he has his kid there because I am honestly believing he trusts his daughter more than he trusts anybody else. And it's just a, because why is everybody quitting or whatever? Because look, they don't trust, they don't trust Trump and Trump, Trump doesn't trust them. But the thing is like this, here's another reason why Trump really wants to negotiate and have a deal with North Korea because he wants to pull out the military. He wants to, get the military out of uh, South Korea. He wants to get the military out of Japan. Japan's already doing business with Iran, but because Iran is a nuclear threat, North Korea is a nuclear threat, we have to pay for this. And what was one of the first things Trump did? Trump made all the countries in the UN pay more money for their defense. 
He's like, look, you guys owe us this much money for us defending you guys. I don't understand why we have to pay for everything. And uh, no, Trump really is hell-bent in withdrawing all the troops from all around the world. He just is. He, he, it's a bad economic thing. We are in trillions in debt. And most of that debt is coming from defense. Defense of what? Defending Japan? Defending South Korea? Defending yeah. Germany? Yeah. But, you know, how many military bases do we have in Germany? You know, I'm pretty sure, well, I mean, I, you never know because it's, it's very close to a socialist country. So Nazis could come back at any time. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, but, Germany but see, is very I, close. This is, this is, I mean, I'm not saying that this is the right answer, but why, like that's the, what blows me away is you're right. The, it's, it's not about, because, because it's not just a, a question here, and this is kind of like expository. This is almost like a commentary episode, really, more so than anything. But think about the significance here, right? Trump is a representation also of demilitarization, i.e. also getting your country out of debt to some degree or another, right? By having these G20 summits, these peace talks, it won't be so necessary to be indebted into other countries because of your military presence. Mm -hmm. That's the big thing. That's why he won't freak out over a drone that was unmanned that gets shot down over Iran. You got all these people who are like, oh, go to war with Iran. No. <laughs> and when he said, I'm not going to inflate the national No, budget, but think about this. Like, that, Tulsi that Gabbard something. said this too. Tulsi Gabbard said, oh, these sanctions on Iran is going to bring us to war. No, no, they don't. Economic sanctions do not bring people closer to war because that's the whole thing about the USSR. The USSR collapsed because of the sanctions. They couldn't afford to go to war. They, they can't. Right. You can't afford to go to war because people will not fight when there is no food to eat. There is no food that's, in Russia. That's, what, Russia Re that's what Reagan completed at the end of his term. Yeah. And yeah. look at Russia now. I mean, Russia, I mean, yeah, you hate to say things like this, but because people, oh, no, Russia's our enemy. Are they our enemy? Is really anybody our enemy? And that's the thing. It's like people have to stop looking at other countries as our enemy. Trump said something good. He was like, look. It's funny how I want to negotiate with Iran. I want them to be our friends, but I don't want them to have nukes. <laughs> you go, that's the condition. That, that right there is so in, like, I, why? Like, here's the thing. Trump is an American nationalist, right? And you would think that it's like, oh, we need to be the only superpower alive. We need to make sure we fight off other countries and make sure all their weapons are disarmed. But he's not doing it in a way that actually embodies this kind of like for lack of a better word like piss take you know where it's just like i'm gonna make sure that if they don't abide by our terms then we go in and we bomb them when we go to war it's and, and the funny thing is it's 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 the people who are globalists that want war it's the people who never actually care about what america truly represents that want wars so it's funny how people think that national identity right is a perversion to what america is all about but it's about being friends with other countries. That is what the takeaway is. And people are just like, no, no, no. If you're all about American nationalism, you're all about making America strong again and having a strong military and beating other people up. Being, being a bully is basically what it is. And that's not what this is about. Now, see, when, when we look at all these presidents, right, that either started diplomatic relations or ended wars, we talked about this in another episode, right? It's yeah. like, it's always some Democrat president, with the exception of Bush, because I think Bush gave Republicans a bad name. The whole neocon concept of being war monitoring Republicans came from him. But that's also because of, you know, we don't have to get into Bush here. But Republican presidents, right? And I don't want to say it that, but I think the better term to use here is truly American Christian presidents that have these values know intuitively that just bombing everybody ain't right. It's not the way to do things. It's not the way to grow your own country even, you know? And that is the big thing. It's a simple concept of treat your neighbor the way you want to be treated. It, it really just comes down to that. It's very, very simple. 
But you've got all these pundits here that scream their heads off over him going to North Korea or not wanting to take action with a war to, uh, in Iran. And I just like, what I'm trying to say is it's, it's not complicated people. It's just, well, it's, it's that simple. It really is that simple. You gotta remember this because people really got to start thinking. <laughs> well, thinking is the first thing that people don't do. <laughs> because what Trump is doing, he is doing without the influence of a company like Halliburton. I don't, but yeah. remember this, what Nixon did was with no influence. And I don't know why Nixon did what he did as far as going to China, but I do know the missionaries were very vital and key to his success with China because the Chen brothers did do that. They were the very first ones to open up that style university. And I see the same thing with Trump and what he did at North Korea. It's opening the doors for people to go in. Individuals, not, not big-ass companies like Halliburton. Halliburton went in to you know, places like Iraq. Things went wrong. What happened? We'll go to war. <laughs> because why did we go to war with Iraq? Why did we? It made no sense. Saddam Hussein wasn't that bad of a dude, no worse than any other dictator. Why did we kill Gaddafi? Why did we do any of these things? So the thing is, Halliburton, companies like Halliburton, I don't want to just pick on Halliburton, but it's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Cheney. Uh, yeah, because yeah, of Dick Cheney, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. you know, he eventually became the vice president. And, um, you know, and the bribery scandal with Nigeria, uh, you know, the oil dudes from Nigeria and like K, I forgot what it was called, like KBR, some crap like that. But anyway, mm -hmm. well, now Nigeria sells its, you know, oil to China, basically. Uh, and that's why they run China. Like Nigeria runs China because that's where China gets their oil. And, uh, and why not? Why, you know, why do we not have any type of deal with, you know, Nigeria? Because we, Halliburton fucked it up. I mean, not fucked it up, but, you know, whatever. A synonym for fuck it up. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But it's the truth. If Halliburton wasn't so hell-bent on war, you know, Iraq would be totally different. Iran would be totally different, but because they did what they did and how they did it, come on, that was wrong. The way Trump is doing it, the way Nixon did it, that's the right way to do it. You let the missionaries do their work. It's free. doesn't cost anybody anything. Nobody, because trust me on this, in the 70s, in the early 70s, nobody was threatened by the Chen brothers and the missionaries they brought. They weren't. Who was threatened by that? Hey, look, we're unarmed, man. We're unarmed. We're just like you. We speak Chinese. You know what I mean? But, you know, we're, we believe in this. <laughs> and this is why we're starting this university. And they got people to go. Yeah. A lot of people go to those universities now. It's just how it works. And the same thing is going to happen in North Korea. Trump is going to allow people and their missionaries to go in there and do their job. And then... And then it slowly builds. I mean, because look, we're talking about 74, I believe. Yeah. 74, 84, 94, 2004, 14, 24, almost 50 years has passed. And now look at China. You know what I mean? It's very, I mean, they're still communists. Yeah, sure, sure. But, but still, you know what I mean? You can collapse a country like that easily through economic sanctions if they don't change. And, and Chinese Christianity is on the rise. Yeah, and it's changed. They're, they're not prosecuting, you know, religious people anymore. Yeah. So you can go to church, you can do all these things as long as it's not anti-government. Right, right. But see, you, you see, know, but, but see the, here's the thing, though, that, that, that's cool about the stealthiness of Christianity in the best way possible. Where It's like, bro, you, you look at me right now, I got no guns on me. You know, nothing but the word of God, like, like, which is arguably the most dangerous weapon. But the thing is, like with that aspect in mind when they say as long as it's not against the government that's amazing because if they just cracked open the word and they looked into it they would realize that there's no point of you even having to exist they'll yep. see that right but they won't 
And that's why it works so well because it comes down to people. And I, I just like, that's the thing. I know we only got a few minutes left here, but the thing is like the, like people need, I wish that there were more people who could understand in, in just our country alone, like the significance of the fact that a president like Trump could step into North Korea and then just, you know, just really briefly, right? It, it, it's not, you know, because here's the thing that the liberal media will do is like, well, nothing was accomplished. There was no denuclearization. There was no peace talk. It's like, yeah, I know. It takes time. You think it's going to happen overnight? You know, <laughs> like. No, but think about this, though. Did the Nixon accomplish all that he needed to accomplish in that one visit to China? No. Doesn't work like that. Kim was excluded from the G20. And Trump goes, you know what? We'll do something greater than that. And what did he do? <laughs> he gave him a visit on his home step, literally. Yeah. I'll come to you. Yep. You don't have to come to Osaka. Hey, and you know I'm what? What a great idea. We'll go to the White House. That gesture, that gesture right there <laughs> is very, very, I'd say it's, it's Christian-like. Because it's just like, all right, man, you weren't invited. I'll come hang out with you, <laughs> you know? That is significant. And maybe people are just like, oh, well, you guys are inflating. You guys are no, but Nixon's visit to China was no big deal. That that's the, the, the nice thing about it is when it's kind of like a no big deal impromptu, all right, let's drop by kind of a thing. That is part of the aspect of it because it's just like it's no big deal. It's just a relationship that's being forged. But it allows for the eventual, we would like to believe eventual sort of you know destruction of walls that have been built i mean no pun intended right because <laughs> he's got respect for borders but he, but what you know what i'm trying to say here yeah and and i i think that our listeners are a good intelligent group of people who will actually be able to listen to this and go you know what i, I can see that i think people implicitly know this but the liberal media is just like you guys can't catch a break here because you guys don't even know what this looks like. And you know what you would know if you could think for yourself. And if you just look back at history, 30, 40 years, I'm not even a historian, but you know, that's the thing. It's like, if you could think for a second, when, when had, when in history has this happened before and what was the outcome that, that you got to always, like you taught me, you always got to ask yourself the why, why is this significant? It allows for something like that to happen. It allows for, communism to slowly kind of release its grip on its people maybe not on its government china's still a communist country but its people yeah well, that's the I key. Mean, you know and chinese are conservative as all heck like they're well, you gotta remember too the opposite is also true the same way what trump's gesture did it takes a while like what happened yeah. with nixon in china 50 years for, it took really 40 years, but it'll take another 50 years for communism to just grow dead. It's just how it works. But just like how LBJ goes, you know what? I'll have them Negroes voting, you know, Democrat for the next 200 years by doing a little simple thing. That's all he did. He didn't do anything. All he had to do was sign a little piece of paper. And, and he knew that was going to have all, you know, blacks voting Democrat for 200 years. And it's already been well over 50 and they're still voting Democrat well over 90%. And that's what he wanted. And that's what he got. And it's going to take a while for blacks to stop voting Democrat. It just will. Because why? I, yeah, oh God. Like to me, I don't know why it just doesn't happen overnight. But I guess the sad truth is people just don't care. They're going to vote what they vote because they don't want to think. And that's that, you know, and, and, and you know, I'll, the last racist thing I'll say today, because I know that listeners, but look, black people don't think they just, they just go by what other people do. Oh, my pastor said this, I'm going to do it. They don't think they just do. And, uh, and, and you know, that's going to happen in North Korea because why? Well, they honestly believe the Kim family are gods, like literal gods. The North Koreans believe mm -hmm. that the Kim family 
or all gods. They don't go to the bathroom. They don't need to eat. And I'm thinking, yeah, but he's getting fatter by the day. How, how do they believe that this guy's a god or his family's a god uh, or are gods? So, but anyway, so long story short, you know, when you have that type of mentality in a country and a group of people really act a certain way like that, like just like blacks in this country, blacks, they're going to vote Democrat. Why? Because they saw Martin Luther King. They're going to believe in the hoax of, the, uh, of Martin Luther King. And if you believe in that hoax, that he's godlike, whatever, you're going to do what that pagan God says to do. It's the same thing in North Korea. That pagan God or the gods, the Kim family, they tell them what to do. They don't question it because why? You know, their parents never questioned it. Their grandparents never questioned it. So, yeah, things like this does take time because you have to change the minds of the leaderships. You have to tell them, hey, look, it is correct for you to give up your power and give it to the people. And that's the tricky part. So in China, they've been giving their power back to the people because they know through capitalism, they can get more taxes and then... You know, the government benefits. Yeah. It just does. I mean, it's funny because Xi Jinping's probably like, hey, this ain't so bad. Taxing people, making yeah. money. You know, he's probably just like, oh, okay. You know, he's just probably like, but he gets mad when you talk poopoo about him. Yeah. He does. That's when he gets pissed off. Like, he'll let you do anything until you start saying how the government is bad. And once you start saying that they're being taxed unfairly, he gets pissed off and he'll shut down the internet for a few days and, <laughs> and send in the tanks. Cause there, there has been some, yeah, some demonstrations in China in the past couple of months and stuff like that because they've been bad mouthing the government and uh, it mostly because of Hong Kong, you know what I mean? So Hong Kong is, you know, they just barely came back to China in 2000. Yeah. And, um, you know, so they're always starting trouble because they're used to total freedom. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, and then, so anyway, so mainland Chinese people don't understand why they get freedom and, and they don't. So yeah, anyway. no, that's, it's one step at a time, but that's a good way to put it there. I mean, thank you guys for listening and hope that this resonated with you. It certainly did for me. And I had to obviously talk about it in today's episode, but stay tuned and we'll see you guys all soon. Take care.